Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. back on the believe in the jets podcast i'm your host andrew golden a jets x factor and of course i got former jet running back lamont jordan here with me as per usual lamont the jets are coming off a, a pretty disheartening performance against the new england patriots a 10 to 3 loss on a last second punt return touchdown and a myriad of punts and disasterful offense from both sides and both teams through most of the day this was an ugly game and it was no uglier than the offensive side of the ball we're gonna get there in a minute i'm sure everyone knows what we're alluding to it's the elephant in the room but we got to take some time with such a a depressing situation i think it's important to really kind of start things off on a positive note speaking of starting things off and where the game always starts that's going to lead me to talk about betonline.ag of course our favorite sponsor on this show bet online is going to be your place for all your sports betting needs as per usual doesn't matter the sport whether it's nfl nba nhl tennis boxing golf you name it BetOnline.ag has it all covered for you. Make sure you guys head on over and use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and you'll get a $50 welcome bonus when you're with your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, Lamont, let's start with this game with the defensive side of the ball because I think they deserve a lot of praise, and I think it's going to get lost in the narrative of the offense and the play of the quarterback that this was a, a really, really solid defensive performance, especially from the Jets' defensive line. And I really think that they did everything that they could for quite literally 59 minutes and a couple of seconds to keep the Jets in the in the game with an offense that was completely and totally useless for the second half. When you only generate two yards of offense total in the second half, and it's still a tie game with quite literally seconds left in the fourth quarter, your defense did a good job. I, everybody on the defensive line was winning. Michael Clemens had a sack. Jermaine Johnson, if Michael Clemens didn't bring down Mac Jones on that play, Jermaine would have got a sack cleanly himself on the same play. They both were free. We saw JFM get in twice. We saw Quincy come around on a blitz. Quinnen Williams got a sack. Tanzel Smart got into the backfield on a run play. Uh, Carl Lawson had a sack. Bryce Huff had a sack. This was a, a party at the quarterback for the Jets defensive line. And, and it's it, stopping the run. They did a solid job of it throughout most of the day as well. Uh, defense as a whole played really, really solid, but no more so than the defensive line. Before we go off the rails and talk about the offense, let's make sure that we give these guys their flowers because they definitely deserve it. They they do, Drew. And the job that they've just continued to do throughout the, just the course of this year, um, we always talk about consistency, and they are very consistent. And it starts up front. I mean, all the way across the board, even getting J.J. back, you know, that was huge for the depth. Um, I, I just I just don't think that a team that has a drop back pocket passer is going to be able to be effective against this Jets defense. Um, with the exception of maybe a couple of plays, even if teams complete passes on us, guys are right there. Guys are right there to make tackles. Seems like things are bang, bang. And they just completely dominated the Patriots um, offensive line up front. With the exception of some missed tackles on some really good runs by Stevenson, I mean, I think, I mean, the defense just went out there and just damn near pitched. A, I mean, they, I want to say damn near pitched a no hitter. Um, it, it's just, it's just sad that, that 
everything gets lost when we lose a game 10 to 3 your defense does everything that they need to do the offense offers you no support that's really defeating for the defensive side of the ball the good thing about these guys moving forward is that that it doesn't matter what happens the next game is going to be the next game and i fully expect that those guys going to go out there and continue to play the way they've played all year long and that's lights out that's lights out football i said it before on one of the other on one of our other shows this defense is playing super bowl caliber defense and to, and, and this past weekend against the patriots they ju- they did just that they took a team that was struggling offensively and completely dominated them and got zero assistance from the offensive side of the ball Great job attacking for the most part, with the exception of those couple of plays. But I love the fact that this defense continues to fly to the ball. And 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 I, I told you before the show, today was my first time um, getting a chance to really watch the All-22. Oh, my gosh. This defense is legit all the way across the board, man. I'm loving what I'm seeing from the defense. Yeah, they they played a, they pitched a shutout. I'll I'll say it. I'll call it what it is. Because even if, in my opinion, you have two missed field goals by Nick Folk that could have had the score look quite differently. That's six points. You get one touchdown from your offense, and that's wiped away, and it doesn't matter. So you go through the entire game where, at most, you could have given up nine points. The Patriots had eleven offensive possessions on the day. One of them was successful. They had two missed field goals, and the rest of their drives ended in punts. That's a, a shutout for the defense. This game was about to go to overtime, if not for a last-second punt return touchdown that was a great play by a punt returner. That it's, Would you like your special teams unit to have some better coverage? Yeah, but that's about the only bust they've had all year. And I thought it was a really solid return more than anything else. I'm not holding anything against the defense for this loss whatsoever. They don't deserve any blame, in my opinion, for this loss. They did everything they could to keep this game close. And like you said, the offense just let them down. And this is really where I've been excited to talk to you personally, Lamont, because as a former player, I really want to get your insight on this. When you are on a team and you're in a locker room, and this will be the transition to Zach Wilson and how he is handled going forward and your leader at quarterback is failing so miserably. I don't know if you've personally been around this, but I'm sure you might've had friends in the league that have been in similar situations. When you have a a quarterback that is holding back the rest of your team severely, and you lose a close game anyway, where if you just get the slightest bit more from your offense and the leader of your team and the guy you just drafted second overall, you're going to win the game. And this is now two games in a row against the same division opponent where Zach Wilson's completely fallen apart. How do you handle that in the locker room when it seems like to me, no more of a sign for this than Garrett Wilson towards the end of the game, completely and totally throwing a fit on the field and and disgust at, at the passes he was getting from Zach Wilson and reportedly going into the locker room and screaming, I'm done with this shit. This has to end. We're not like we need to be better than this. And it doesn't seem to me like that's Garrett Wilson ringing the alarm going, I could be so great. And, you know, my stats are getting messed up. That's Garrett Wilson to me going, we can win. I want to win. We care about winning. This is what we're all here for. We're all about holding each other to the highest possible standard. And here's the one guy that's holding us back right now. I, I can't only imagine what it's like in that locker room. And I would love to hear what you think. Man. Um, I can't say 
that I've been in a situation like that. I do remember playing for the Jets when Vinny got benched. Um, but that wasn't because I don't think that that had necessarily to do because of Vinny. I think it, it had more to do with just overall as a team. And I think this was year three. I can't remember what year it was um, where Vinny got benched. But the whole team was doing bad. And it was a situation where a change had to be made and you made the change at the quarterback position. Um, in this situation with the Jets, for me, I think that this is where having a young team, especially young leaders on the offensive side of the ball, comes back to hurt you because we don't have any veteran leadership on the offensive side of the ball. So you have a young quarterback who's struggling, a, a rookie wide receiver who's unhappy, a second-year wide receiver who's unhappy. You have your rookie running back who who got the offense going who's no longer playing. You have your best offensive lineman who's out. You have, you have your best receiver who was yeah. your veteran leadership who's out. Yes, you have your veteran. You you have him. You know you have uh, Corey Davis who's out. Um, it's tough in that locker room. I'm going to say this. I I think for me, um, I don't like what I'm seeing from Zach Wilson, and, and and I would love to hear. I know we were talking before the show. Um, I would love to hear what your thoughts are and how you feel about just what's going on with him. Um, because I'm going to have a whole breakdown, kind of a breakdown of just the notes that I've taken on this game. And then I'll kind of do a summary on the offense and kind of place the blame where I think that the blame goes. Okay. All right. Well, let's jump right into it then. Let's grade Zach Wilson. Um, first things first for me, and this is probably my biggest negative with him is the second something goes wrong, he starts imploding. And I think after it was his first or second pass, he throws to Denzel Mims over the middle of the field off a of play action, and it's a good ball. Mims is open, he hits him, it's a tight window, but he gets it there anyway, hits Denzel Mims in the chest, and Mims drops it. And I felt like after that point, his confidence just got rattled. And as the game went on further and further, he got worse and worse and worse and worse. His mechanics are disgusting right now. And it's such a far cry from what I've seen from him at BYU when he was coming out as a college prospect, where crisp and clean and repetitive, you know, compact, tight mechanics were some of his biggest selling points. He's he looks broken right now mechanically. If you can't even when you're air mailing air mailing flat route screen passes by seven yards. And you're throwing the ball over Braxton Berrios's head to where he's not even got a chance. When you have Tyler Conklin coming across the middle uh, on on a dig route or a crossing route, and you overthrow him by five yards high and outside, and it hits Devin McCourty in the chest, and it should have been an interception. These are very, very, very concerning plays for me. And while I want to be very clear that I do not think that Zach Wilson is one hundred and fifty thousand percent solely just himself responsible for the bad performance i think you had a struggling offensive line just like we said the patriots offensive line couldn't handle the the front of the jets well the jets offensive line couldn't handle the front of the patriots either and there's definitely something to that they had no run game whatsoever but i think that all kind of circles back to where it goes on zach and it goes but if they had any trust in zach or if the patriots had any fear that zach wilson could beat them maybe they wouldn't be loading the box on every play Maybe they wouldn't be keeping their safeties nine yards up, literally nine yards off the line of scrimmage when the Jets are backed up in their own end zone. 
I'm, I think the game gets played differently from a defensive standpoint. If Zach Wilson is giving you at least anything as as a functioning quarterback that can execute a system. My biggest gripe with him overall is the fact that we never see him improve. And for the guy that got lauded as the film junkie and for the guy that got lauded as the workaholic and the dude that's supposed to be coming out and all he cares about is being a quarterback. And that's all he's cared about since he was seven years old. And, and this is his life and he's studied and trained and drove his way from California to Utah and his own car to go to the quarterback camps. And for all of that, I don't ever go to a different game and say, this is noticeable improvement to where I'm confident saying that Zach has gotten better. He may be better on a particular day, but it never lasts. And I feel like we're seeing the same mistakes that we saw as a rookie. We're seeing the same breakdowns that we saw and the absolute just crumbling. He gets into such a shell of getting in his own head where he cannot even hit the most basic of passes anymore. And he cannot even see when he's got wide open receivers running down the field. This is a major problem for me. I think the I think the only remedy for this team right now, even if it's not permanent, is he's got to sit the bench. You got to make a statement to the team that this is not acceptable. Because I my end point being, I know he's the quarterback. I know second pick in the draft. You don't want to give up on the guy too easily. There's a lot of you know time and money and investment and resetting the clock involved. I get all of that. But if any other player on this team played that poorly, they'd immediately see the bench. And I don't think that it's going to send a good message to the locker room if Zach Wilson's treated it differently than everybody else. <sighs> I, I, I will say this. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Pretty much most of it, if not all of it. Um, man, watching this film, watching this film. First of all, Zach has to be better. Um, he 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 definitely has to be better. I'm just going to go down my notes that I took, and then I'll just kind of go from there. Um, I have written down. I'm just going to go down the list. First play boot. What is he looking at? All right. When he had to boot, he went outside. When if he threatens down the field instead of trying to get outside where everything was blocked clearly, um, maybe he draws a defender and he's able to get Cochran across the middle. But at the end of the day, on that play, nobody was open. There was nobody open. Um, third down, empty. Uh, no, I had no idea what was going on. And this wasn't on Zach. This is just with the the the. Just can I tell you? Because because I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about the empty set where they got Garrett Wilson and Ty Johnson in a condensed split uh, on the bottom of the yeah. screen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Ty Johnson does this little motion inside, and then he kind of goes back out to the flat. And I 110% think that was supposed to be a pick play. And Todd Johnson was supposed to go inside of Garrett and he stayed on the outside for some reason. And it messed up the pick. Yeah. Either way. I just, I just, <laughs> I just didn't like the way it looked. Oh, it was poor yeah, execution for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was poor execution. So then we go on, we have men's, I, I put down here, Mims drop on the college stuff. And you, you talked about that. That was a big drop. Um, then I have down here, third down, had Wilson just step up in the pocket. All you had to do was just step up in the pocket on that. Yes, throw, on yes, that, and he, yes. He had Elijah Moore, too. Like, that's the worst yes. part is he's got both of them, and and he can't hit either of them. Garrett Wilson's more wide open than Moore is, but Moore's the quicker, shorter throw, and he crow-hopped it. 
Like that's they're both open. Just step up and set your feet and make a throw. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, then I have down here, pass down the sideline to Wilson, pump and hold the safety, then throw the ball. I think that this was the one where he kind of overthrew the ball. Um, yeah. It looked like the safety was coming over the top, but he had plenty of time to pump the guy that would have held the safety and been able to drive that throw in there. His arm is strong enough that he can make he can make every NFL throw. Um, then I have down here, oh, my gosh, what is he looking at? Mims is open. Yeah. Um, Seam route, right? Needs, yes, yes. Footwork needs to be open. I mean, footwork needs to be better. Uh, then I have down here, we ran a toss play. Mims misses his block. If Mims gets his block, this might be a touchdown. Um, then I have overthrows Barrios. I didn't like the play call. I didn't like the play call at all. Um, I have down here, he had plays where, and I think that this was the play, one of the plays where early in the game where he had, he had Mims on a dig and he had Wilson coming across also. And I think it was a one hopper to Mims where he missed the ball. It was a third down play. Mm-hmm. Here's the reality of the play. And cause I, I remember Garrett came across, he was, he was open and then he threw his arms and he was in disgust. Well, here's the reality of that play. If that was a dig route that Mims was supposed to run, Wilson actually threw a good ball. But our guys are not staying flat on their routes. Even the route that Wilson came across the middle where he threw his hands, he was not open. It looked like he was running a shallow cross. Anytime you're running any type of dig route or any type of crossing route where a man is in your hip pocket, you have to stay flat. Our wide receivers are drifting on their routes. So that pass to Mims on that play, it was actually a good ball. Mims just didn't run the dig route. Um. Then we have an underthrow to tie. He had Wilson on the cross. Oh, my gosh. On that play right there, this was the play that he threw the ball to tie down the sideline. It was underthrown. Yeah, um, the wheel route. Also, yep, yep. But he also had mm-hmm. Wilson coming across, um, or, uh, Garrett coming across on a crossing route. Can't miss that. Um, he had Wilson late. I'm sorry, he had Wilson. He was late to Moore, had a clean pocket. I, I think that that's a play that you that you were speaking on. Um, the third down? Yes, I think that yep. was that play. I didn't go down a down distance. Then I have down here, he had Mims, missed inside, almost picked. I didn't like his footwork. All right. And then on the last offensive play of the game, Drew, all right, on the last offensive play of the game. Third and one. He's on the right before we punt it on third down. Yep. He stares down Cochran, which at the snap of the play, I, I don't know if it was miscommunication. I don't know if he had a drawn in flat route, but here's the reality of that play. If Cochran had a, a locked flat route at the snap of the ball, once that corner took away the flat route, you have to get your eyes off of him. All right. He got his eyes off of him. He got off of him late, turned to the middle of the field where he basically, I think he had more coming across the middle, wide open for a first down play. Says, you know what? Screw the wide open guy that's that's second in my read. On that play, he was reading left to right. You go to your flat, to your man that's sitting over the top of the middle, and then he throws it late out there to Carter, and this is where Carter almost gets blown up. We punt the ball, we lose Okay, that's what I saw from the offense. 
Zach Wilson's footwork definitely needs to be better. It is destroying us. But I cannot put this entire game on Zach Wilson. The running backs are terrible in pass protection. They do not do a good job of closing the distance. We said it on the show coming into the game. This offensive line has to be able to handle blitzes, and they have to be able to handle line stunts. They were late dealing with the line stunts. They did not do a good job of picking up the blitzes. And I've been in, and I played in the league long enough, and I've been part of offenses where if your quarterback is constantly under siege, under siege, then he's not going to be comfortable. He's not going to feel comfortable setting his feet. And the first thing that's going to go is his mechanics. And that's what we're seeing from Zach Wilson. So as much as, as, as much as I don't, you know, as much as Zach Wilson needs to be better, I don't think that benching him is the best option for the simple fact that if you look at the quarterbacks that we have coming behind him, none of these guys are going to, are, are going to get away from blitzes. And if our offensive line isn't protecting, I just don't see where we're going to be better. You have plays where guys are not open. I can't put that on a quarterback. The only thing you could do is check the ball down. I can't put that on him because some of those plays he can check the ball down on. But at the end of the day, this is the offense as a whole. We came into it, and I said on the show last time, we will not be successful doing the same stuff that we've always been doing against this Patriots defense. And that's exactly what we did. We went out there and the Patriots had us game plan perfectly. Every college play that we ran where we took Garrett or Moore or Mims and we motioned them to the backfield and then we sent them out on that BS check down route, the most success that we had on those plays on those plays was Mims drop. Those plays are not going to work. Yep. And so if you're going to read style option offense, your, your quarterback has to be a threat to running the ball. And yes, as, as much as we need some type of accountability for Zach Wilson, at the end of the day, we are in a playoff race. I still think that he gives us, I still think that he gives us the best chance of winning right now, but this is the week that he has to show it. I don't like the lack of accountability from the starting quarterback. Yes, whenever your defense gives up three points and the offense does not score, the offense lets you down. Things yep. like that are all reasons why you say, hey, let's bench Zach Wilson. But this will be the first area where I think I will be very critical of the moves that we've made in the front office with regards to players that we have on this team. With the offensive line troubles that we have, one of our backup quarterbacks should be a guy that is just as mobile as Zach Wilson. Because if we get into a game where our quarterback is under siege and he doesn't have the ability to, to maneuver, I think the offense is going to look even worse and we're not even going to have an opportunity to turn a broken play into anything because our quarterbacks are statues. With that said, when I watch Zach Wilson play, I question either his understanding of the offense or I question his ability to read the offense out throughout the course of the play. It looks to me as if he's predetermining where he's going and Ding, all, of that look, all of that looking one way and then going back the other way to me, it just looks like a bunch of political jargon. And what I mean by political jargon in, in football terms, meaning it looks good. 
it looks like he's looking this way and then he's getting to his second read. No, that just looks like a bunch of stuff that you practice that looks good when you're trying to go to a mini camp or a combine and people want to look at your technique and all of that. But at the end of the day, I think he's predetermining his throws, and I think that he's having a hard time reading defenses. He does not throw the ball unless the man is open. He needs to throw men open. And with all of this said, I think that right now is the time that in the Jets' front office, you have to start looking at who's going to be Zach Wilson's replacement. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think after this game, the – the bar is so low at this point. And this is kind of, I, I don't, I don't disagree with anything you said for what it's worth. I completely and totally agree with your assessment. There was a lot of plays where the Patriots had everything locked out and the Patriots defense was the better unit on that play. Not Zach Wilson messing something up. hundred percent agree. There was multiple instances where they call the college BS that we hate. We said it. Uh, we said it last week before we started recording that if we were to, get into a situation where they try and run all of this flat check down, whatever, that it's not going to work out. It's really not going to work out for them. And they tried doing it again. The offensive line, you expect them to struggle. You miss your starting, your backup right guard, who's now your starting right guard and Nate Herbig. You have Dan Feeney coming in and playing for his first start of the year. You have Cedric Wahey at right tackle, who they signed off the street a few weeks ago. I get that that's a problem. And I'll make one more point for the running backs. And this is where I would love to hear you jump in. I thought there was a couple of plays in this game from the running backs from Carter and from Robinson, where they were blocked well up front, but they had a lane to the edge where if they just take the, the lane to the edge, instead of trying to knife everything inside and churn. And at that point with the way their offense was, it was let's get any amount of yards in the run game we can. But I felt like they were a little too quick to try and just, put their heads down and get upfield and miss some opportunities to hit the corner and pick up some chunk plays. All of that said, all of that can happen. All of the rest of the offense can be just as bad as they were. And if Zach Wilson's 5% better, they win the game. And this is where it falls for me. You don't take a quarterback second overall to only be good when everything is good for them. You don't take a quarterback second overall to be the guy that has to be perfectly propped up. And if he doesn't have his rookie running back, that's a a phenom, his all pro right guard, his veteran receiver, and you know, whoever else you want to say he doesn't have that he's going to completely and totally implode to the point of producing an offense that gets two yards and a half. That to me is inexcusable. And Zach in particular needs to work so much more on being better when the chips are down as opposed to shining when everything is there for him to work out well and it's sad because there was periods at the end of his rookie year where he was doing that he takes the defending super bowl champion buccaneers down to the wire with braxton barrios as his number one receiver and backup offensive lineman throughout the day so uh, it's it's really hard but he's regressed he's gotten worse And for me personally, I completely understand with what you're saying. Do I think Mike White or Joe Flacco is going to come in and light the world on fire? Absolutely not. I'm not going to sit here and say that that's even why I think you need to bench him. I think this matters so much more, especially like you're saying, Lamont, this is where the dangers of a young locker room come in. I think you can have a very volatile locker room very quickly. And I think it would calm everybody 
if you sit Wilson for a week and you come out the next week and you start Mike White and Mike White plays poorly too because the offensive line is struggling and he can't be as mobile and he misses a couple of throws or maybe some other guys run the wrong route. You know, we can't know exactly 100% how the plays are supposed to be designed to sit here and say we know who ran the wrong route or right route or et cetera. Mike White could come out and play poorly too. And that's going to make everyone in the building sit there and go, okay, maybe it isn't all just Zach. And it might give him a chance to rebound because right now I feel like he's public enemy. Number one, Garrett Wilson throwing a fit. You had John Franklin Myers and sauce Gardner liking tweets after the game about how their quarterback let the defense down. You have a head coach and Robert Sala who gets questioned about it on Monday morning. And says, you know, your rookie receiver was pretty upset and and said he was he's done and he wants things to change. You know, do you have any response to that? And Sala basically said, I understand it. He didn't lie. He called a spade a spade. We have to be better. What kind of message are you going to send to that team if you then turn around and just continue to play Zach Wilson like everything's fine? And he came out this week and said he's not committing to him as a starter. But I'm I'm really worried. And maybe this is just the Jets fan in me and not being a player to where I can't understand their relationships in the same way. But I'm worried that the culture that this team has built that we've lauded for so many weeks on this show, Lamont, where we've praised Robert Sala and says it doesn't matter if things are tough. It doesn't matter if things look bleak. This team has each other's backs and they're going to fight and they're going to put in 60 minutes like they always say, all gas, no breaks, and they're going to give it their all. This was the first week I saw cracks in the armor of that. This was the first time all season that I've started to see the team turn on each other and see players turn on their quarterback. And I'm worried that if Salah doesn't continue the same message that he's had and be consistent with what he's preaching, that people might not start listening to him as intently anymore. And that's going to be so much bigger of a problem to deal with than just worrying about how do we fix the offense so that we can make the playoffs this year. You're not getting to the playoffs with an offense like this give I, I don't think they are i don't know how you could feel about that lamont and even if you're saying zach wilson still gives them the best chance to win it's going to take a defensive touchdown a game then with right with the performance the, the way he's playing right now i'm not sure i have any faith in him to be functional and i don't think that he's gaining anything i don't think he's improving i don't think it's helping him develop i don't think it's helping anybody else on the offense develop it's clearly not helping them win i just i don't see any positive to continue to stick with him right now. I just feel like continuing to stick with him right now is being arrogant and saying we took him second overall and we want to give him the chance. And so what if he goes out against the Bears and puts out another dud performance? Then you bench him in the middle of the game. Mike White comes in. What if Mike White doesn't play as well because he was playing with backups all week and he didn't get any first string reps? Now what do you do? Now you're head over heels and both your quarterbacks are bad and everyone's still frustrated because you're not winning. I'm... I'm terrified of that scenario. And that's why I feel like for a breath of fresh air to reset for a week for an organization where you have a home game against a lesser talented opponent that the Jets are far more talented overall than the Chicago Bears. I think this is the week that you can right the ship a little bit. And even if you start Mike White and he's average and you decide to start Zach again the week after, I think it'll cool everybody down. It'll let those young players reset themselves because they aren't as experienced. And like you're saying, Lamont, with this defense full of veterans that can be ready for every game and have that next game mentality and be all set and ready to go. We've seen the young guys on this offense be hot headed at multiple times this year. And I'm really, really worried that 
if Zach Wilson comes out as the starter and has another dud performance in the first quarter that we're going to see the body language completely plummet from the whole team. I agree with you. I, I, I agree with you. Um, if this was a situation where I'm looking at the film and I'm constantly seeing guys run wide open and he's just missing wide open receivers on a consistent basis, then I'll put more of the onuses on him. But if you're running route concepts that are never getting open or only getting open every now and then, majority of your routes are these deep routes. I just don't see where 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 that's going to help any quarterback out. I mean, yeah, okay, you know, Maybe you bring in White, maybe you bring in Flacco, and yeah, they're able on those few times that you actually call route concepts where guys are actually getting open, then then yeah, they'll hit those passes that Zach is missing. But outside of that, I'm seeing I'm consistently seeing guys just not getting open. I'm not seeing a quarterback that can ever get settled into anything. I'm seeing an offense that is very predictable, that does things that that in my opinion, it puts the quarterback in a bad position. So, yeah, because of, because of all the hype that Zach came in with, the mistakes that he's making, I think for him, he has to have a solid week of practice. I think that's what it comes down to. I think first and foremost, it, it starts with him taking some type of accountability and saying, yes, we let the all, we let the defense down because that's what it is. Because right there, that statement above his play, that statement alone for me I would say if we had a quarterback that was mobile, I would say bench Zach. I would agree with you 100%. Um, but I, I got to see more from a play calling standpoint. All right, I'm sorry. Well, let me ask you this question. I know I don't disagree with you. I want to be very clear. You're 100% right. This was not a good called game by Michael Floor. It could have been a lot better in a lot of areas. I'm not disagreeing with that whatsoever. But you brought something up that I want to touch on. I touched this on my other show on Oklahoma Drill last night. But I really, it, it's the perfect argument here. Zach Wilson has to have a good week of practice. I agree. But what has he been looking like in practice for the weeks before this? Because if this is how he's playing when he gets into an actual game and the Jets defense is as good as we know that it is, are you telling me that he's lighting up the Jets defense in practice? Are you telling me that that he's looking like a perfectly serviceable, functionable, everything's clean and crisp and and the Zach Wilson that they're hoping to see when he's in practice and then the second he hits an actual game it's like that completely and totally washes away I'm not so sure about that because I think someone would say it I think that would be one of that would be an easy thing for Robert Sala to say as a defense of his quarterback to go you know the game is different but we see the work he puts in in practice we see what he's capable of he's going against our defense and he's able to do well like we would I think we would hear that I think we might even hear that from some of his teammates where a guy like Garrett Wilson would sit there and have more faith in his quarterback and not be so easily upset if he knows he's in practice and they're hooking up all the time and they have this great connection and chemistry and everything's good. I feel like you would have more support for your quarterback. I'm wondering what Zach Wilson looks like in practice. And is that leading up? Has that been building up to this? Because this seems like it came all out of nowhere with this terrible game. And he had a bad, terrible game against the Patriots a few weeks before. And it didn't have all of this energy behind it from the team. Things are different now. 
and it really makes me think that this might have been something that's been building for a while. I can't wholeheartedly sit here and tell you I believe that Zach Wilson is an, a great quarterback in practice, let alone a good one. With the way he's playing on the field, it's I don't really have any reason to believe that. I'm with you. I mean, it could be a thing that that this has been a buildup, but it, but it still comes back for me to the front office where where it, it, it's as simple as this: if you have faith and 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 you think that Flacco and White are the answer, and and listen, the way the offense is going at this point, you feel like anybody can be the answer. It's just I have concerns with pocket passers when you when your protection is suspect at best. I mean, we no, can't right. hold up. We have routes that are constantly being thrown. And when you talk about practicing against the defense, the reality is, is they're going up against a bunch of scout team guys who are running cards. And and as a as a coordinator, you see things and you draw things up in practice. It looks good, which which could be why he's kind of predetermining his throws. Um, but it starts for me with his week of practice. If 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 I'm there and I'm thinking about things from a coaching standpoint, I'm thinking about it from me being an offensive coordinator. The one thing that I'm telling Zach is I need you to have more urgency in your drops and more urgency in your footwork. I think that's where he's hurting the most. In passes where he actually steps into his throws, he's making throws. Yeah. It's these it's it's the it it to me it looks like he's trying to be Aaron Rodgers with some of his footwork. If you watch him, you watch yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I think that you're saying some of the same things. The difference is is that Aaron Rodgers is is Aaron Rodgers. He's been doing he's that. For arguably years. the greatest thrower of the football in the history of the league, and, 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 and you and, you can't just live up to that like by yourself in your second year. You you don't just get to do that. Exactly. Exactly. So um, that's where I am on Zach. I think you give him another week because it's it's as simple as this. If he can't get it right this time, you have to look at moving on past him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think this is a good way to end because I'm I'm going to be honest. I'm not expecting much out of Zach Wilson if he starts this week. I, I'm I, and even if he's average, even if he's serviceable, the Bears defense isn't anything to write home about to where I'm sitting here going, Okay, Zach Wilson played played average against Chicago's defense. We're going to be fine the rest of the year, and he's the guy. I'm not there yet. And I do want to agree wholeheartedly with your point about the front office not having a mobile backup quarterback. Do you remember what I said in the middle of the preseason, Lamont, that we needed Strebler in the active roster and not Mike White because Strebler was a yes. closer match to Zach Wilson? Yes. I, I, you know I agree with you. So I, be, be, let's be clear about that. That's an, a miscue by Joe Douglas to not have the same style of quarterback in your locker room as a backup that can execute the playbook to its 100% full blown capacity on top of getting you out of situations when your pass protection isn't there. I couldn't agree with that more, but personally it's too late for that now. And it, we can't sit here and make the argument. If Zach Wilson continues to play so, so poorly that we can't, bench him and give someone else an opportunity to play for the good of the team because they may not be mobile I, i'm zach wilson's mobility helped them on a handful of opportunities this game it's also hurt them a lot in some other games it's also caused a lot of issues where he thinks he can run away from anybody and he spins backwards for negative 17 yard losses and 
while it's definitely a skill to be able to avoid pressure and get out of sacks the way that he does, and we've said that before, what you do after that still matters too. And I trust right now, personally, I don't think Flacco's seeing the field. I don't even think it has anything to do with Flacco. I think it's Mike White only. I think Mike White right now has to be given an opportunity for at the very least, if it's not for Mike White's sake, it's for Zach Wilson's sake to give him a week to reset his mind because his mind is overloaded at this point. And it gives the rest of the offense an opportunity to breathe, to, you know, get hopefully a breath of fresh air. And then if things work out with Mike White, then hopefully that makes Zach want to work that much harder to be better. It makes the offense feel like, okay, we're doing some right things. We have some confidence back. And if it doesn't work out with Mike White, then hopefully the rest of the team in the offense sits back and goes, okay, Zach, we get it. It's not all on you. We, you need, we need you to be better too, but maybe we shouldn't have turned on you that quick. Personally, I made me guess 100% gun to my head. I don't think he's getting benched. I don't. But I really think that if he doesn't get benched and he goes out against the Bears and looks even remotely close to how he looks against New England and isn't immediately pulled, that's going to be a big, big problem for Robert Sala. I I don't think there's going to be a big problem for him. For, and I'll say this, because as a player, what I would see in that is, hey, my coach is going to give me an opportunity. Um, I, I, I'm I, with you. I, I Listen, I think now is the time that if Joe Flacco is not the answer, that we need to cut him and we need to activate, and I always screwed his last name up, uh, Strebler. Yep. Uh, I, I think that 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 would be our best option. If putting in Mike White or Flacco is going to make you change up your offensive play calling, meaning you're going to get away from the college stuff and you're going to get to more of a, tra- a traditional, we're going to draw up route concepts, we're going to draw up schemes for a drop back quarterback um, who can throw the ball and we can come up with a way of protecting for him. If that's going to be your game plan and you feel like you have to go with Joe Flacco or Mike White to do that, then I think that Zach Wilson will no longer be the quarterback on this team moving forward. Because what that tells me is that you're running the offense that you're running because he has an inability to read things out. I don't know if that's the case or not, but these are just different scenarios that you have to go through when you're talking about going from uh, a first-round pick who's mobile college style offense to switching things up and going to a more traditional offense which allows you to truly utilize your weapons anytime I see Garrett Wilson come into the backfield on a motion almost makes me want to throw up in my mouth because we're taking one of our downfield threats and we're not using them properly so that's why I'm that's why I'm giving I'm more willing to give Zach Wilson a second year quarterback a little more grace because I don't see an offense that's allowing him to get settled in. Let your wide receivers go out there and run routes, run some route combinations that he can actually get the ball out of his hands quick that aren't as predictable. They ran a, they ran a slant flat combination um, that I believe was completed earlier in the game. But the fact of the matter is the Patriots were all over it. They were all over it. So I'm willing to give Zach a little more grace, but I need to see more urgency in his footwork. And I got to put some of this on the shoulders of, of, of the wide receivers because, listen, these wide receivers aren't running great routes. 
these wide receivers aren't always getting off bump and run. So I can't put all of the onuses on Zach Wilson, a quarterback that's consistently under siege, has wide receivers that don't want to stay flat on routes that you have to stay flat, but they think they're open and they're not, that if the quarterback does throw you the ball, it's going to get under, it's going to get picked off because the wide the cornerback is in position to undercut the ball simply because you're not sticking to the details of your route. So before I give up on a second-year player, regardless of how bad he's played, the fact of the matter is, is this kid has a tremendous upside. If you're running the offense, you're running because he doesn't have an ability to run a traditional read out, read out the defense, utilize your weapons, then we have to st well, start thinking about moving on past Zach Wilson. If that's not the case, he needs to come out here. He needs to own, he needs to accept accountability. He is a starting quarterback for a team in New York City. The media is going to destroy you if you show a lack of accountability. And that's exactly what he did. So yeah. I'm going to, depending on how his week of practice goes, I'm going to go ahead and go with Zach Wilson. But I got to put a lot of this on the floor because when I sit down and I'm looking at some of these route concepts, it's not a situation where when I was playing for Josh McDaniels, where I was playing for Belichick, or or, or if, if if I was playing for for any of the uh, other court, you know, North Turner, it's not like I'm looking and I'm saying like, God damn, well, we constantly have guys running open on every route concept we run. It's just we're either not protecting or the quarterback's not reading it out. That's not this situation. So no, it's not. Yes, Zach Zach Wilson does deserve some of the blame, but. As a former player, as a coach, I have to put some of the onuses on the floor. And if Zach is not able to run a traditional read-it-out style offense, then we seriously have to just accept our losses, chalk him up as a loss, and just move on past him. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to, quite honestly. And I think the coaches and the staff would know knows that either way. Because if they are altering their playbook already, then they have their answer then it's been two years that you've been in the same system and they've had to dumb it down after two years to, to make it somewhat functionable for you. And it's still not functional, functionable. That's, that's a big problem. And we cannot continue to try and run the same plays on offense that we're running because it's limiting our offense drastically. And if it's because Zach Wilson can't run anything else, then Zach Wilson's limiting your offense. If it's because LaFleur needs to, change some things up and add in some new wrinkles and not just stick to the same old stuff that hasn't worked all year, then that's a, a, a LaFleur problem. But that doesn't excuse the fact that Zach Wilson is also messing up on the plays that are open too. And that there's the few times in the game, this is kind of almost what makes it worse is the Patriots defense had a really good game plan. They executed really well and they covered a lot of plays completely shut them down for a good majority of the day. There was also a couple of opportunities like you brought up in your notes a lot where they had guys wide open and Zach didn't see it. And in a game like this, those, those plays hurt so much more. Those plays matter yeah. so much more. Your opportunities are so limited and the difference of a few chunk plays can quite literally be the difference in the game. And I'm, I just, I, I completely understand what you're saying. And I don't want you to think that I disagree with any of it because I don't. I'm just at the point with Zach where I'm not sure any improvement around him is going to make that much of a difference anymore. And I think 
it's going to take some drastic improvement to prevent the the immediate implosions that happen with his mechanics and his footwork to where he's even i feel like you might get one throw a game where he's going to set his feet in a muddy pocket and anything (laughs) else anything else if there's even a slight bit of pressure around him he's completely destroyed and that's that is a huge problem, and I don't know about you, Lamont. I don't know of any other quarterback off the top of my head that has gotten better at that three years into their NFL career. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I have For Zach, I, I think about it like this. When I was a rookie with the Jets, Bishop Harris was my running back coach, right? And we were installing draw play. And so when we did the installation, we went over what the running back's footwork is, what your steps are at the time, and all of the, all of the details that you go through for every play. So I see Kirk come out there. And you, you've seen it where you see running backs come out there, they'll point or they'll set like they're pass protecting, and then it's a draw yes. play. Yes. Well, I watched Kirk do it. And so, so I get in there, and I do it the exact same way Kurt did it. And I come back, we get in a meeting, and the running back coach tells me I did it wrong. And I'm saying, well, I did it just like Kurt. He says, Curtis Martin earned the right to run draw and use the footwork that he wants to use. You are a young player. I want you to do it the way I want you to do it. I share that story to say this. I do not like Zach Wilson's footwork. I think that is too slow. I think that for a guy like him, he should really go back and study Drew Brees, get away from the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Oh, God, that would be so good for him. Yes. Oh, I cannot say that enough. And starting with Zach, the first thing that I would talk to him about is if you have a three-step drop, I want to see a three-step drop. If you have a five-step drop, I want to see a five-step drop. I don't want to see this slow five to a cocky two. I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers. That would be what I would say to him. If you want to imitate a quarterback, I want to see you imitate Drew Brees from the time he either takes the snap from under center or from the time that he takes the snap from the shotgun. And I think that if that, and this is where coaching comes into play. And this is where, as a coach, if you let some things go for too long, it's going to come back to bite you in the tail. I think that 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 Zach needs to get that Bishop Harris treatment that I got. And that is, I don't want to see this BS footwork. Take your three-step drop, get your shoulders in the right place, step into your throws, Take your proper drop, because if he takes his proper drops, if it's a five or if it's a seven step drop, if he takes a true five and a true seven, he can start to manipulate how fast he gets back on his five and his seven step drop pending the route combination. But if he's never learned the fundamentals and the foundations of taking a snap, hitting your third step, hitting your fifth step, hitting your seventh step, one or two hitches, get rid of the ball because you've read the defense out. If that hasn't been enforced on him, then that is where you start with Zach Wilson. He's too young of a quarterback. He has a tremendous upside. I don't see an offense that's allowing him to settle in. So for number one, for me, for Zach, I need to see flawless footwork. If you miss a read, if you miss this, if you miss that, I can, I'm going to live with that right now. But what I'm saying is he will see the reads, he will get the ball to the right person, 
if he does better at this one foundational thing, and that is his footwork. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And this is a point. This will be the last point I make before we get out of here because we can we can save bets for the later in the week show when it gets closer to the actual game. But mm-hmm. you're you're a hundred percent right when it comes to footwork. And for an offense like this that is very West Coast at its core, it's all about timing too. And that's timing with the drop of the quarterback. To where if you're running a three-step drop, you're set on step one. My eyes are going to go here to try and tell me the coverage. Step two, I'm back peeking backside to check on an alert, or I'm checking if my receiver's got a good release. Step three, I got my back foot in the ground. I should be knowing, is my first read there? If not, where am I coming off to? I should know if he's going to be open already. And the timing of the play should be, once you hit the back step of your drop, that ball should be coming out. And if everything goes well, that's how it's designed to work. If his footwork's messed up, it's probably messing up the timing of his eyes too. It's probably messing up the timing of what he's reading downfield. And he may think in his head, okay, four, five-step drop. My first read is to my left, and I'm going to get here. And once I get to the top of my drop, you know, I should be looking to throw. Well, if if it takes him a second, you know, longer to get that five-step drop executed because he's lazy in his drop and he's taking little shuffle steps or he's taking like the one big step and then starting to, you know, little pitter-patter back behind that, that could be messing up his timing as well. And I think that there's, when you go back to guys like Bill Walsh, the founder of this offense, where he had quarterback and Joe Montana, who you want to talk about footwork and, and mechanics precision, that's like one of the gold standards, just like Drew Brees. And it all got worked around. You do this the exact same way every time because it's going to keep your mechanics in sync. Because if you know how to take your drop and you get to the top of your drop in your proper place, you should be set in a position to throw and you should be able to then set your feet and have your foot pointed at the target, follow through with your back leg and use the beautiful throwing mechanics that you used at BYU. And for crying out loud, he did it fine in college. Look at his his seven-step drop footwork in college. It was great. You look at his under center three-step, five-step. It was great. His shotgun footwork was excellent. I can go back and pull up clips I have him saved on my phone from a year and a half, two years ago of Zach Wilson against UCF in the in the last game he ever played in college in a bowl game. And he's shuffling around in the pocket like Drew Brees. And he's completely gone away from that. And so I think you're right that you have to go back to the start with him. But that's also where I'm a little bit concerned is because he's gotten worse. And it's it's hard to sit there and say that it's the coaching staff's fault that he's gotten worse when the rest of the team has gotten so much better. Drew, that's on coaching. That's on coaching. If I'm a running back and in every play I take a false step and my running back coach doesn't stress it and doesn't correct me on it, then the coach is allowing me to do it. That's on coaching. And I'm speaking as a player and I'm speaking as a coach. As an offensive coordinator, if I watch, if everything we do is based on timing, and I consistently watch my quarterback's footwork be wrong, and I don't put an emphasis on correcting that, and it disrupts the timing of a play and throughout the course of a game, that is on coaching. So if you're telling me that he did these things well in college, but he's gotten worse since he was in and since he's been in the league, yes, some of the onus is on the player because you want to continue to maintain your fundamentals. But that is why you have coaches. It is a coach's job to make sure that from a fundamental standpoint that I am better. If 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 I'm running with the ball and the ball is always on my hip and my coach doesn't correct it and I don't correct that as a coach and my running back fumbles, yes, the running back is going to get chewed out. 
the running back is going to get some blame. But as a head coach, I'm also looking at my running back coach saying, well, I watched him do this in practice every single day and never once did I watch you corrected on it. That is on coaching. So that's why I don't want to be so hard on Zach because a lot of these things, yes, you're going to put you're going to put some of the onuses on the player. All right, because you have to. It's the National Football League. He's a high draft pick and, and we had very high expectations for him. But if his mechanics are wrong, and he's gotten worse since he's gotten in the league on some basic fundamental things. I got to look at coaches. Yeah, I completely and understand is, that. And this is and 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 you know that we are we are huge fans of Coach Sala, and I like to believe on this show we 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 keep it hundred percent real, whether it's good or bad. This is the first time that I'm going to look at his coaching staff and say, with Zach Wilson, the mechanical issues that he's having. If he did not have these issues coming into the National Football League, it is your job as a coach to make sure that he maintains those things or gets better. If he's gotten worse, first people I'm looking at is him. Hey, are you putting in the work doing the drills? But the main people that I'm looking at are the coaches. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point, quite honestly. And I think that really will wrap up and kind of be the microcosm. Unfortunately, we from the outside looking in aren't going to know this for sure. But this isn't either a situation where the Jets coaching staff is not recognizing problems and allowing them to happen. And they're failing Zach Wilson as coaches by not doing their jobs to coach him up or they've tried everything they can. And he's still not taking the coaching. And we aren't going to know which one it is. I'm sorry, which is why I give him one more week, because if you make a decision to bench Zach Wilson. I think that it is a decision that you're making that you're going to move on from him. We are in the middle of a playoff race right now. I give him this week. I give him one more game to correct those things. I give the coaches one more week to correct those things. If they're not corrected early in this game, you bench him. If they're not corrected throughout the course of this game, you bench him. But for everybody who wants to bench Zach Wilson, just know this in this the moment we make a decision to bench Zach Wilson and we're going to move on past him, that has to be a decision that is made knowing that we are moving on past Zach Wilson after this year. It's very likely possible. Uh, and it's sad to say, but with the way he's been playing recently, I'm not saying that's, I'm not ruling that out as a possibility at all. Come on, Zach, get it together, baby. Get it get together. It together. <laughs> get it together. You got a good chance for a get right game this week. Ramont, I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening. Make sure you stay tuned. Follow on the show at B-L-E-A-V underscore in underscore Jets on Twitter. Catch the next episode later in the week. We'll have our bets of the week for the Chicago game and our predictions and all the good fun of breaking down a coming game that we actually think we might have a decent shot of winning. Should be a good time. Thank you, as always, for stopping by. Make sure you're following at uh, myself on Twitter at Andrew Golden 17, and you can follow Big Dog over there at Coach Jordan 34. And lastly, as always, thank you to betonline.ag for sponsoring. We will be back real soon, hopefully, to preview a New York Jets win to get this team right back on track. See you soon. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.